Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Nikki Lawley. She has been a healthcare provider. She's also been a brain injury survivor. She's gotten involved in the plant for personal reasons and then professional reasons. We're going to talk to her about her experiences, her story, what she's learned about cannabis, how she's been able to use cannabis effectively, and now how she's bringing cannabis to other folks that are in need and hopefully bringing people some solutions and some help dealing with various conditions and really kind of looking at the broad spectrum of the cannabis market and what it means for patients and people that are looking for it for medicinal purposes. So I'm excited to have this conversation. This is, I always love hearing stories. Unfortunately, sometimes these are stories that involve some injuries and some pain and people dealing with recovery. Fortunately, uh, the plant has proven to help in many cases. So we're going to hear from Nikki and we're going to hear what she's doing and really what she's been able to create and the following she's been able to create and uh, bringing plant medicine to the people that really need it. So with all that, Nikki, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Bruce. I'm very excited to share my journey and what's going on. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. I love, Like I said, I, I love having folks on that um, have been through 
you know, have been through situations, have found help with, with cannabis and plant medicine. Before we kind of dig into what you're doing today and kind of how things have turned out and where you're sort of taking the work that you've been doing and helping other people, let's really kind of get into the background. Tell, tell us the story. How did you go from being a healthcare provider to needing needing care and, and needing the plant or finding the plant and, and helping helping deal with your situation? Sure. So about six years ago, I'm coming up to that six-year anniversary point, 10-11-16, I was injured. I was working as a pediatric nurse, doing my job just like any other day, and life changed in a second. A child became combative for a vaccine, routine immunization, hit me in the head. I bounced off a wall and back into his head. I had had two prior brain injuries, mild traumatic brain injuries, aka concussions, Mm -hmm. that had lasting symptoms, but Nothing prepared me, nor did I think I would ever continue to be disabled or plagued with various symptoms from this injury. Everything changed in a second. After the injury, I immediately had left arm numbness and tingling, and I went and grabbed something to eat, immediately got sick, and then began the plague of symptoms that literally overtook my life from chronic pain to cognitive function deficits, including basic math. I couldn't remember anything, including the injury itself. The amount of disruption this caused in my life was so significant. The journey lasted 60 different providers over the course of roughly two and a half years over 60 grand in my own personal funds that is gone now. And the amount of frustration of going from a respected healthcare provider to literally just doing what the doctor said and trying to be an obedient patient. And now I'm a totally outspoken advocate. Cannabis was never taught to us in nursing school other than it being a bad thing. (laughs) You know, If you would have told me your child was using cannabis as a medication for seizure management, I would have called Child Protective Services on you. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People do. (laughs) Yeah. That's like reality. And now for me to be so outspoken and totally change my position 100% is really dramatic. And I changed my perception because I was contemplating my death, Bruce. I was planning on taking my own life. I was on cocktails of different drugs that I just obeyed what the doctors said. I was part of the New York State Workers' Compensation System because I was injured at work. And that is anything but a patient-friendly system. And I quickly learned I was just a number. I wasn't treated the same that I had always been treated. When you're a healthcare professional, there's what they call professional courtesy. And, you know, whether it's a service you need or a anything, you're just usually treated with respect. I found myself now being subject to literally doctors that didn't care, that spent two or three minutes with you. And I literally was left with, you're just crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. And I knew something was wrong with me. We know our own bodies. And then I started just becoming more and more hopeless. And Eventually, I found cannabis by accident. I live 15 minutes from the Canadian border, and New York State at the time I was injured did not recognize chronic pain as one of the conditions that it could be helpful. Yeah. During a bleak period, I had posted on Facebook, 
kind of one of these saying goodbye kind of posts and I'm yeah. too big of a burden. And friends in Canada actually reached out to me and said, hey, we've got cannabis here. Why don't you try it over here? And so then I became a medical cannabis refugee in Canada. I learned all about the different products and learning about it from a totally different perspective. Ultimately, I got New York State workers' compensation to pay for my medicine once cannabis for chronic pain became approved on New York State system in mid-2018. <laughs> so that was like celebrity status right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one could believe I actually had the Hartford Insurance Company covering my cannabis. <laughs> and um, I did, but at the time, our products really stunk in New York State. So our product has evolved tremendously since that point, but we only had tinctures, vapes, and capsules. So none of those methods really were effective to me. Uh, smoking whole flour actually has been my medical purpose. Mm -hmm. And I had doctors telling me, Bruce, that if you smoke cannabis, it's not medicinal. If you use THC, yeah, you're just trying to get high. I actually have it in my medical record that I was a drug seeker. No one wanted to be off drugs more than this person. Yeah. And that's devastating when, so as a result of all these challenges and trying to find, you know, then learning about the plant and learning so many people have no idea about this plant and its medicinal values. I went from planning my death to helping others out of their dark place and helping others find what motivates them. I truly believe the universe has used me as a ambassador for the plant, literally. I've turned my tragedy into triumph, and now I want to help as many people as I possibly can to find plant medicine and normalize and standardize the conversation because there's so many terms that are outdated and wrong, and I'm anything but a stoner. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm surely someone who microdoses all day and gets medicated. I don't get high. So, you know, trying to especially educate women over 40 and those who have been moms and have been ashamed to, it's okay to drink wine, but smoke a joint yeah, and you're exactly. immediately considered like, ew. Yeah. Um, and I would have thought that way. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was not pro-cannabis all my life. Yeah. So, you know, I feel guilty that I judged what I didn't understand. And I yeah. think that's the message that I promote. Don't judge what you don't understand. If you don't agree with someone, that doesn't mean you're right and they're wrong. It doesn't mean that we can't have an educated conversation and actually be impactful and educate people in a way that's non-threatening. I don't have all the answers, Bruce, but I'm literally considered a recognized, again, I hate the term expert because everybody throws that around like, but a recognized voice in the industry. Yeah. And as a result, I want to help as many people as I can. So I've been on over 80 podcasts now. People really know my story. I have an organic following of roughly 80,000 followers. And people kept saying, you know, help us find products that work. And one of the challenges is I'm still a patient, whether I'm in yeah. New York state, whether I'm in Canada, whether I'm in Texas, 
And at the, you know, my illness doesn't recognize state lines. State, exactly. <laughs> you don't magically get better when you cross a state line. No. And so, you know, cannabis and prisoners and, you know, for simple possession, that that's a real problem, Bruce. Yeah. You know, no one should be in jail for a plant for a nonviolent cannabis offense. I mean, yeah. it's just preposterous. Yeah. When New York State legalized, I'll be honest, I was the very last person that ever thought we would go adult use. And, you know, now all the people are coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, it's bad. All our youth <laughs> is going to go to the pot, you know, yeah. and I've spoken at different city meetings and town board meetings and tried to just bring education in a way that they can understand. The people that complain about cannabis or hate cannabis the most, at the end of the day, are going to be the ones that need it the most. Mm. And I truly believe that. And they're going to remember my story or my pushing back at a town board meeting or whatever it might be on a podcast such as yours. Yeah, that girl said that. I'd want this one day and well, damn it, I need yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Like it, it, do you think your you know, your background being a medical professional that made it harder to embrace cannabis or do you think it gave you like a, a I guess a a medical kind of framework to understand it that helped? I mean, I would I guess how do you evaluate or how do you think your medical training impacted your kind of um, adoption, you know, learning and adoption of cannabis? So I was never anti-cannabis. Like mm -hmm. I was never going to like chastise someone for smoking a joint other than like, you know, wave my finger in front of my face yeah. and, oh God, that stinks. Yeah. But as a medical professional, I saw no medicinal benefits. Yeah. But at the same time, when I looked at, you know, patients with AIDS or patients with cancer, at the end of the day, I'm thinking, well, if they want their weed, let them get high. I mean, like, what have they mm -hmm. got going on that they shouldn't? But I didn't understand the science or the technology behind it. So when I started experimenting with different strains and different cultivars and different absorption methods and different ways of using the plant, then I started to find things started to really work. And then I was like, but why did this one not work and give me couch lock and made me more brain damaged feeling versus this one that turned me into the rain man. Like it was a real thing. And I'm saying to myself, well, there's got to be something different about the two buds, you know, and how do I figure this out? And so I think my medical curiosity kicked in because then I really recognized like this is working. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not in my head. And, you know, every time you'd be put on a new drug or something, you know, you just knew it was going to work because the doctor said it was. But at the end of the day, they weren't working. They were making me more screwed up. I was having anaphylactic reactions to all kinds of different substances. And so to answer your question, when doctors were giving me the pushback that they were, especially in the comp system, it was like, you're wrong. But it took me probably two years of really beginning to understand the endocannabinoid system and that mm -hmm. we actually have receptors. Like, Bruce, this is a system in our body as important as our respiratory system. Yeah. Why were we not taught about this in nursing school? Why is nobody talking about that? And we have to start, it's kind of crazy how the education process has happened here. It's more patients 
then talking to nurses about the plant, and then the nurses are then saying something to doctors. Instead of it being traditional medicine, where everything Mm -hmm. kind of starts with the science and the research, then it goes to the doctors, and then it goes to the FDA and goes through that whole process. This one's kind of coming up reverse, because at the end of the day, the patients really are the experts. We're not mice in a Petri dish in a perfect controlled study. Mm -hmm. We're actually people that have conditions that are impacting our lives. And how can we improve our quality of life? We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. Yeah. And do you feel like, I mean, not to get too political on it, but do you have a sense of like why it's, why it's been that way or, and, and I guess maybe like how it will evolve? Like, is this like, we just need to go through a generation of physicians and get to the next generation that are taught endocannabinoid systems and, and the, the power of, of the plant, you know, from an education point of view and we'll kind of undo this or like, I guess, what's your diagnosis of the industry around cannabis at this point? Until cannabis gets descheduled or at the bare minimum rescheduled, uh-huh. we are not going to have the quote research studies I mean, cannabis has been studied for its the harms on drugs in the United States. Yeah. Yet there's thousands of studies all across the world that show medicinal benefits. Schedule one is reserved for drugs that have a high propensity of abuse and no medicinal value. Those are two completely false things about cannabis. And the political climate from Anslinger on up to Reagan and his war on drugs, everything We've literally been kind of propagandized. We've been misled. And I want to change that. And and what do I see for the future? If we don't reschedule or deschedule, preferably, we're always going to be behind the eight ball, meaning doctors are going to still learn about it as a bad thing. Schedule one makes cannabis, quote, non-medicinal. And when you're a doctor going through doctor school, (laughs) medical school, you're not going to like change your mind on that. You know, you're going to, that's what you learn. That's what you're taught. You're the man of the hour. You can do no patient harm. And basically on the schedule that teaches that you're going to do that patient harm. So when you really think, how are we going to change that stigma? It's going to be people like myself and people that have had their cancer successfully mitigated or put into remission or been able to survive and have a quality of life. It's going to be us that changes the way the discussion evolves. I truly believe that. I think patients need voices at every single table. If you're creating products and you don't have a patient voice, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) If you're not whether you're teaching courses, whether you think you're the expert, if you don't have a patient on your advisory board that can give actual feedback and some of the challenges, everyone thinks the answer is just create an app. The 70 year old guy (laughs) is not going to create work on that app, guys. Guess what? (laughs) You need to come up with something better. They still read the newspaper, you know, We have to realize we're going to have the largest generation of baby boomers ever. And then Gen X is right behind it. And we have to understand that the 20-something-year-old kids that literally learn on a phone and everything is digital and app-based, 
we aren't them. (laughs) So as much as you want technology to replace human interaction and human people, like I don't understand the credit card companies, the bill players, all the things that generations of people have written checks and mailed their bill payment (laughs) to, you know, the collector or whatever now is expected to pay bills online. They're expected to learn new technologies. I mean, we take for granted what we don't know. And I happen to be married to someone who's 27 years my senior. Since my brain injury, it slowed me down, but it's enabled me to understand the struggles Mm, he goes through. You know, and and the marketing scams that get thrown on that generation and the amount of BS that goes on. That's why I've turned my passion into advocacy and being a voice for those that don't have one and trying to normalize and destigmatize as much as I possibly can. Yeah. And what, I guess what, I mean, it seems like there's a, there's a long kind of list of challenges right now in Canada. I mean, how are you prioritizing them? Like, where do you think, is, is it really about policy and legal reform? Is it about education? Is it about getting product to market? Like where, where is your kind of, you know, top two or three issues that you are really looking to, to challenge or, or take on? So policy and legal aspects are definitely, definitely in the forefront of my focus. But at the same time, finding products that work and helping patients navigate the very challenging system of yeah. what do you use? How do you use it? And I'm not. I'm a nurse by training, but I'm not a cannabis nurse. There are so many people that have so much education surrounding how to dose people and how to make it make sense. I'm trying to create an ecosystem that kind of encompasses all the things you just mentioned from the policy position to the education of the patients and providers to the products themselves, to quality, to research and development. There's so much that needs to happen, but truly my focus is on policy and creating products that work and give a meaningful experience. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, given this kind of weird situation we're in, in the U.S. market with this kind of state by state and this medical and adult use recreational markets, I mean, do you find that the kind of the focus or the development of the adult use you know, recreational markets has, I guess, how has it impacted the medicinal markets, right? Or the the access for patients looking to cannabis as a medicine? Do you feel like it's helped? Is it hindered? Like, where do you see the dynamics between these two different worlds? There's two parts to that question. It both has helped and hindered. Mm-hmm. It's helped from a standpoint of more products coming to market, a lot of times more affordability, especially for patients who have a medical card in maybe a different state. They get reciprocity or potentially tax breaks or priority service. So those are good things. The bad things are we're not all about getting high. We're about (laughs) getting well. (laughs) And, And more THC is not the answer. I mean, I guess it's the answer. I mean, it's sort of like, do you drink a bottle of Jack Daniels or do you have a, several Miller Lights? You know, mm-hmm. the difference is significant and what you're medicating for and what your intention is. Yeah. So 
for me, it's never been about getting high. And so higher THC, literally, I can't tell you how many times I go into a dispenser. Oh, this one's 26% THC. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Tell yeah. me what the terpene profile is. Yeah, exactly. Let me see yeah. the certificate of analysis. Yeah. Show me what I'm consuming based on the chemical profile of the plant. And that's one thing for me, indica, sativa, hybrid, that is lazy marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not educating the consumer. It's not educating the person. Talking about THC percent and CBD percent when we have so many more parts of the plant is just not smart, in my opinion. Yeah. So the medical market is suffering from that perspective because bud tenders are not doctors. Bud tenders. They're marketers. <laughs> They want to push product. They're the marketers, right? Yeah. And if you don't have someone that's medically trained in your office or in your dispensary, I feel like you're missing a huge, you know, population that can really be helped. I mean, when you look at the demographics of most dispensaries, it's shocking to see how many people over 50 are going in yeah. more than a lot of times than those under under 50. And this generation is full of aches, pains. They just want relief. They want their quality of life to be better. They they hate not being able to do things that they once did. And if cannabis can help them, but you need someone who understands drug-to-drug -drug interactions. I mean, bud tenders aren't designed to be nurses or mm -hmm. medical professionals. And we need to realize that when we're creating a marketing plan and strategically positioning a dispensary. I focus on the medical market. Am I a naysayer or negative person towards the adult use? Absolutely not, because it's helped so many people that maybe once didn't even get a medical card, but now they're trying the plant because it's, quote, legal because of that whole Schedule 1 problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like we're still we're putting a lot of the burden on to patients to educate themselves yes. and make their decisions and do their own research and have to really push for the information from, you know, dispensaries from bud tenders to be able to make good choices. I mean, what's what's the ultimate, I guess, solution around this? Is this that we have a more educated, um, I guess, you know, medically based program that helps patients navigate products and have specific products for medical patients? I mean, how do you envision the kind of the future of medicinal cannabis um, playing out? Well, living in New York, I can tell you we're trying to get rid of pharmacists at our medical program, and I think that's a huge mistake. Maybe it doesn't have to be a pharmacist, but it should be a medical professional. I feel that we're not going to normalize that conversation or make people feel comfortable if they just have a 20-something young guy behind the counter, you know, just talking about high THC. So how do we educate this baby boomer slash Generation X, including those healthcare providers, including those nurses, including those other people that are part of the healthcare system. I don't yeah. really know that answer, Bruce, because yeah. every state has a different set of rules. So you literally have to go state by state at this point. Going to Canada, it's a whole different animal. You know, I can talk about my story as a medical patient and People can get the same products I get <laughs> anywhere yeah. in the country. And that's a big thing. Whereas in the States, you know, you have multi-state operators that may have 15 states that they operate out of. 
But their blue dream from California versus their blue dream in New York State, mm -hmm. they aren't the same. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> and, yeah. and educating people on that is a real challenge because, again, it's sort of misleading marketing. You know your uh, Xanax is going to be the same in California or New York because it's a standardized pill. Mm -hmm. But cannabis isn't necessarily a standardized pill. And so we have to understand we all have different endocannabinoid systems. So what works for me might not work at all for you, Bruce. It might yeah. like put you on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Whereas for me, I'm just getting started. You know, I mean, I'm just now starting to medicate and feel normal. For me, it's about feeling normal. And that's what I try and get people to understand. Once you find your sweet spot, you don't have to keep medicating. <laughs> It's yeah. sort of like weight loss surgery when I have the lap band, just a side note. And yeah. if you overeat, you barf. No one wants to puke. So yeah. you don't <laughs> overeat. Yeah, exactly. Well, like if you over-medicate, you're going to green out. No yeah. one wants to green out. So these are all things that, you know, we need to teach people. If you're a new consumer, have CBD on hand in a tincture form so it can rapidly absorb if you feel too medicated. Euphoria is not a bad side effect. And I think we all talk about that as a bad thing. At the end of the day, isn't it about feeling good and mm -hmm. making, having a good quality of life? And that's what I genuinely try and share with people. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Nikki and the plant and what kind of vision you have for that. What kind of products you're going to be focused on? What, where do you, where do you hope to really kind of impact or provide solutions for patients? Sure. So I'm hoping to launch Nikki and the plant products by uh, second quarter next year. I'm actually looking in the Canadian market. I'm looking for the right partner in Canada because the medical product is much easier to launch in Canada than it is here in the States, because as we've shared, there's multiple states, multiple regulations. If we can just find a way to do cross country makes more sense. So I have some talks going on with different licensed producers there, and I'm hoping to create Nikki and the plant products that basically help people connect the dots. I'm looking at cognitive function as a specific terpene profile, a symptom that so many people suffer from, brain fog, cognitive function, whatever you might know it as, just not being able to live in the moment, if you will. And so looking at specific terpene dominant blends that really address that. I'm looking at flower and pre-rolls, specific genetics, and I'm looking to treat cognitive function, anxiety, depression, and pain musculoskeletal, such as the head and neck. I'm targeting the woman over 40, and I'm really hoping to have a real education-based platform that includes journaling and has a higher retention of products because we're constantly evolving based on what patients need rather than what drives profit. Yeah. Nikki, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, more about Nikki and the plant, what's the best way to get that information? So I'm on all social media platforms. Uh, it's Nikki Lawley. Um, also Nikki and the plant spelled out. Dot org is my website. And I also have a YouTube channel and a link tree that you can find me on any of those places. Excellent. I'll make sure all the handles and links and everything are on the show notes so people can get that information. Nikki, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks so much, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. 
That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.